Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun VTailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Myself and Matty D are back to break down NFL Week 15 and the kickoff of bowl season. This one was a lot of fun to record. Let us know what you think. Let us know what picks you like, you don't like. Leave a comment on the show notes. As always, though, you can subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the episode. Have a great weekend watching all of the football. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by ThunderBlockSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. Week 15 is here in the NFL. We're also getting into college bowl season, and to help me break it all down is the man, the myth, the legend himself, I almost said the Matt himself, Mr. Matty D. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm wonderful. Great weekend celebrating you. Oh, yeah. Um great fantasy football weekend for your guy and this guy too i'm in the playoffs baby that's true that's true that's true i'm riding high in in plenty of leagues right now the eagles couldn't lose which is always great um and we had a great great college football game on saturday where my no actual affiliation and i'm a very big supporter of both teams but my navy midshipmen took down your Army boys, and, and you thought they had a chance, and I picked Navy, and it, it worked out great. But what a great game. The pageantry, as always, was spectacular. But I wanted to make sure before we get into the hullabaloo of bowl season and uh, the NFL and talk about a more serious subject, I just shouted out the fact that Navy beat their arch rival. No offense, Air Force comes nowhere close, uh, but really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. We watched it uh, at the day after party from the wedding. Obviously, uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of fun there. Uh, big weekend for favorites in the NFL. Matt, favorite teams on Sunday all won their games. The only one to not cover were the Cleveland Browns. And favorite game straight up only lost one game, and that was the Monday night game, the Arizona Cardinals losing. So favorites went 12-2 and against the spread, 13-1 and straight up, which is pretty nuts in the NFL. Sometimes it's not that straightforward, as we've so well learned. But you mentioned it. There's a more serious tub- subject. Before we jump right into the picks, because while there is bowl season, we figure because we're going to be picking these games, we might as well preview the ones that we're going to pick when we get to the college. So we're going to skip over the usual college segment. If we want to throw in a Bryce Young appreciation. I feel like we covered that pretty well. If there was no serious surprise with him winning and all that stuff. But the serious subject, we're recording this on Tuesday. Obviously, the big news out of the NFL going into the Monday Night Football game was the Highest positive rate in the NFL with 36 positive tests on Monday, which is obviously huge. The Cleveland Browns really getting affected by it. And I don't know if that it, if either of us were going to pick the Browns or the Vegas game, but obviously that affects it. So everybody stay safe. You know, obviously Matt and I are doctors. So we're not going to try to break this down of what it means, but stay safe. Hopefully NFL players are staying safe too. Hopefully you know, it's not serious stuff like Joel Embiid level COVID type of case of saying that he wasn't sure about it and hospitalizations and kind of that stuff. Stay safe, all that good stuff. And Matt, you want to jump right into the picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so 
We're going to keep it going. We're back to no more bye weeks. So we have Love it. Plenty of 16 games. games. We're still going to pick our five games. for. So if this is your first time jumping in, we pick five games against the spread. We cannot make the same pick, but we can go against each other. So if you, for instance, on Thursday night, if Matt were to pick the Chiefs minus three, and I thought the Chargers have a better shot, I could pick the Chargers, but I could not also pick the Chiefs. So last week, with us picking so many winners against the spread, we both went, it looks like, and Matt, you can check my math on this, but it looks like we both went four and one in the NFL. You had one of the two favorites to cover the spread. One of my, or one of the, not favorites, one of the underdogs to cover the spread. Uh, I had the other with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so actually, never mind, the uh, the Falcons were also an underdog. So never mind, that number got fucked up. Regardless, so they, I guess it's 11 and 3 and 12 and 2, 11 and 3 against the spread, 12 and 2 straight up. Regardless, we, you actually win the week because you had Navy, I had Army, but you went first last week, so I go first this week, so I get the first pick, you get the second two for NFL Week 15. Without further ado, I am going to jump in, and I'm going to go right to Saturday Night Football, the New England Patriots visiting the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts right now a two-point favorite. The Patriots are rolling, they're fresh off a bye where in their previous game against the Bills, had to get creative, had to use the ground game. I know that Colts defense has played really good football, but I think the Patriots are finding their stride. Mac Jones is starting to look better, even though he only had to throw the ball three times. I think they're going to want to air it out a little bit, use some of the weapons around him, and that defense, I think, is going to step up big. I know stepping up big means they have to hold off Jonathan Taylor and try to slow him down and see what happens in that game. But I like the Patriots to go on the road here on Saturday Night Football. Carson Wentz to check off the 75% mark for us Eagles fans. But I like the Patriots to cover the spread here and win this game. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a massive game. I mean, obviously the Patriots, you, you mentioned, like battling for that number one seed for the bye. The division a little more available for them now. The Bills, you know, three-game losing streak. But you know, Colts desperately need this game. I mean, you mentioned that they're in a playoff fight for their lives. It's amazing how quickly things change right now in the NFL, though, right? I mean, the Colts are seven and six. They're only, they're only two back from the Patriots, right? So I, I find that pretty interesting. Um, but at, yeah, again, I, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a Titanic matchup, really, in my mind. And I think you mentioned it. It is the Saturday game, um, which is, uh, which is exciting. Yeah, and it's worth noting too I, uh, that the. Tennessee one Titans. Of two Saturday games, I should say. But it's yeah, one of ahead, two, sorry. but it's worth noting that the Tennessee Titans, the only potential AFC playoff spot that could be locked up, if the Colts lose to the Patriots and the Titans win, they win the AFC South. There's a few in the NFC That's that are available. Two that are that team wins, they're in. The other being the Cowboys need to win, and the Eagles need to lose, and the Cowboys yeah. win the NFC East. But huge implications on either side of the ball, pun intended. For the Patriots, obviously, in the AFC East and the Colts in their division, certainly, as well as in the wild card. Yeah, I will actually – I'll jump right to that game, that Tennessee Steelers game. Really important that you mentioned both teams. Steelers are on, their, on playoff life support. That tie is actually a little helpful for them right now if they can manage to get close, to stay close. Um, I know Tennessee's coming into town, and I was not a believer in the Titans whatsoever. 
Um, they've continued to prove me relatively wrong. I think they're, I certainly don't feel they are a, like a Super Bowl threat necessarily with some of the other talent, but I do think we saw everything Big Ben had to offer um, in that almost comeback versus the Vikings. And to not win that game, uh, I think is, I think pretty much was the, the fork in the, uh, in that proverbial pie or, or whatever, whatever you stick a fork, stick in, a fork into them, they're done. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think the, I think the Titans take this one. Um, they're playing really smart football, which is, which I'm not surprised for a Mike Vrabel led team. It's going to be low scoring. Um, but I just don't know if big Ben has enough. I mean, maybe there's a late rally, but I'm going to take the Titans to win this game and, and potentially clinch the division. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think a couple things here. The Pittsburgh defense really showed a lot of pores throughout that first half. I think even in the absence with Derrick Henry, their rush game has been strong, especially with really no serious air attack that they have. On the opposite side of it, the Tennessee defense has been great. They've held a number of great running backs to subpar games, and I think Najee Harris had a great game in that second half against the Vikings, and... I don't know if he'll duplicate it this weekend, which is not good for me with my fantasy playoffs matchup. But regardless, I would agree with you. I think the the Steelers, they really needed that win, and the Chase Claypool celebrating is uh, a tough way to get it down, to t- swallow the pill that you keep having wide receivers that love to do the TikTok stuff. So. Yeah, and it's really a shame because Claypool is a hell of a talent, hell of a receiver. I think he'll fix his attitude. I'm not worried. Tomlin will definitely make him. Or they'll be off the team. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, though, I mean, it's really funny. Like, and I'm not saying Big Ben is, is is necessarily like like overall holding them back. I do think at times he holds them back. They do have a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. So you know, I I, I think maybe a rejuvenation of some youth might go a really long way for, for sure. this Tennessee. Te- I mean, for the Steelers team. Is T.J. Watt um, playing, or is he is he out? <laughs> say again. Is T.J. Watt playing? I have. I was actually just trying to figure that yeah. out or not if he was if he was uh if he was playing so um because his injury I mean, he's that's huge he's he's a top three pass rusher in this league um so they, they have an opportunity to play yeah okay um we're gonna we're gonna learn more um and again i, I hope i'm wrong because i picked so hard against the titans this year but what can i say um <laughs> I, yeah i will jump to another game um uh, actually, a really big game for both teams here, and I got to watch both games pretty pretty heavily. But one in particular, that's I, I, I get the next one right. Yep. Okay, I'm going to take a great matchup that no one thought would be, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Denver Broncos in Mile High. Cincinnati comes off of a gut wrenching, close, hard fought loss against a really good 49ers team, in which Joe Burrow basically just said, "Everyone out of my way, I'm doing it myself," essentially. Um, along with his buddy Jamar, and, and, and almost brought him all the way back. Uh, I am going to take the Bengals in this game. The Broncos are 7-6. and six. They've certainly, after a really hot start and a really bad couple weeks, they've righted the ship a little bit. They're still in the playoff hunt. But I, I trust Joe more than I trust Teddy Bridgewater. I think this Bengals defense is a little better than people think it is. I, I think the Bengals I, I technically upset the Broncos on the road to stay in the playoff picture. Um they just have so much firepower on offense, and Joe Burrow is, to me, just looks like a stud. Yeah, you made a good point on the Tennessee defense being a lot stronger than I think a lot of people realize it is. A lot of that, I think, is that they've played some pretty 
great offenses throughout the season, but they, in terms of getting to the quarterback, they do a really good job of that. We saw when the Eagles played them that the Denver offensive line is not very good. And I don't really see where they, the Broncos, get a lot of offense generated outside of Bridgewater trying to get to Cortland Sutton, to Jerry Judy, to, to a number of his receivers. And, uh, yeah, I like that pick a lot. But it stays to me. And oof, there's a couple weird games out here. Oh, we really went after the the low lines early, and there's one low line that I'm going to save for you out of ceremony. <laughs> mm, I'm going to go to a Sunday afternoon game, potentially the Joe Buck game. It looks like it. Maybe that they'd go to Baltimore, but I'm going to go to the L.A. Rams hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks we've seen really on a bit of a downslope, and they you know have figured out some things here and there, but the Rams look like they've righted the ship. They completely dismantled on a couple different levels. The Arizona Cardinals there. Uh, the Seahawks, they have two wins in a row, but they really, you know, it was against a kind of lowly Houston team. They kept Houston in that game for a while and then just were able to outpace them in the second half. So I think that's a big part of it. I just, I don't know if I'm just getting my, the eyeballs are bulging, seeing the passing yard against is dead last. The total yards against is dead last for the Seattle defense and seeing what the Rams did last week against a Cardinals team that had played pretty well and obviously had the NFL's best record. But I'm going to take the Rams here. I'm going to take them to cover the four-point spread, or four-and-a-half-point spread, excuse me. I know it's a divisional game. I know these two teams play very close when they get together. But I really don't see, if the Rams' offense is back to where it's humming, I don't see Seattle keeping pace with that. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of a uh, – uh, we'll say this, too. That's a potential COVID situation game. There right? the is. Rams there's have all some. kinds of COVID issues. So as a, as a, as a, as a pleasant – as an, uh, uh, what's a gentlemanly uh, – The only reason why I'm not worried you, about it is there was the whole Daryl Henderson COVID thing last week that made me very concerned going into Monday Night Football. And they still figured it yeah. out there. Sony Michelle had a pretty big game, and they you know, still figured out how to get it done. So that's why I'm not as concerned gotcha. about that. Comparatively to like the Browns, where it's a lot of different okay, shit. Okay. I know Tyler Higby has it, and that's kind of a big deal, but he also hasn't been fully utilized, I don't think. So that's why yeah, I'm like cautious yeah. at taking this one, but I'm going to take it early. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to stay in that late that late slate. Uh, I'm probably going to pick a little bit of a surprise, and that is I'm going to pick the New Orleans Saints to cover against the Bucks. I don't think they'll win, but I think they cover that 11 I don't point hate spread. this. I don't hate this. Yeah, this, the Saints have been a, a, a – they, they beat them earlier this year. They've been kind of a kryptonite for Brady, similar to how Brady ran into issues with Miami during his tenure in uh, in New England. So, for whatever reason, it's a great Saints defense. It's a well-built Saints offense. Alvin Kamara is back. Taysom Hill looked better. I know it was against the Jets, but he looked more confident. He's getting confidence. So I like I like the Saints to just keep this game closer and cover that eleven point spread. No, I like that a lot, and it's kind of funny that in the peak of the Drew Brees era, when the Bucks really sucked, the Bucks were Drew Brees' kryptonite. Now the shoe's on the other foot. Now that Tom Brady is there, and yeah, I think you, I think Alvin Kamara is the huge difference maker there. I know playoff Lenny has been great in the regular season, which is great for him, and you know obviously we've been seeing that offense with Brady really 
humming along and purring. This is also a big one for the Saints to really just show that the post-Breeze era is not a complete let's punt on it and try to find the the next guy. You know, obviously Jameis Winston was hope, hopefully going to be that and he's been hurt. But they, you know, for all intents and purposes, they lose this game. They then move to 1-3 and three in the division. They're only win being against the Bucks, which I guess that's good. But then there's so much ahead of them that's that's going to be a tough road to climb. The Vikings are playing the Bears. The Falcons, let, I need to see who they have. But the Eagles are playing the football team. The Falcons have the 49ers. So maybe, like, maybe they may still be tied. But who knows with the football team, if they beat the Eagles, then they're 7-7. And the, you know, the Saints would be tied with the Eagles at 6-8. If the Eagles win, then there's you know there's still potential that you're only a game behind for that last seed, but you need the Falcons to beat the 49ers, where they'd both be seven and seven for you really to have a shot to claw your way into the playoffs. Because at this point, you're not you're not making up the the spread there in terms of the the NFC South, where Tampa Bay they win this game, they're in they win the NFC South. You're not going to make that up. You need to try to. Keep yourself close there. Obviously, a win. Tampa Bay doesn't get in right away. But, I don't know. There's a lot that the Saints are playing for here. And I think the Bucks know they don't need to completely throw on the afterburners just yet. Because they can keep moving in the right direction, but not something there. So, I like it against the spread. I think the Bucks still win here. But I don't. I think this is something where they just keep it kind of on cruise control. Kind of like the, the Cowboys in the second half of the football team game last week. If that makes sense, yeah. you know, they were up huge, and the football team clawed back in. Which, when we talk about the Eagles football team game, that's one point that I have there. But I like that pick a lot. Staying to me, or back to me. I'm gonna go. God, I really don't want to go with any of these shit games. Um, I'm gonna go to a huge spread that I really don't like, and part of this is a team that because I picked them to do very well in the season, and I think they got absolutely hosed in their loss on Sunday afternoon. That is the Buffalo Bills hosting the Carolina Panthers, a Panthers team that really, you know, they're sitting at 5-8. and eight. They've had all sorts of shit going on with their team, and they're on a real skid. They lost to the football team, the Dolphins, and now the Falcons, the lowly Atlanta Falcons, who are at the same record as the Eagles. But regardless... I don't think their offense is really moving very well. I think Chuba Hubbard is starting to come down to earth. The Bills have had two straight games with wonky losses. Obviously, the wind game against the Patriots on Monday Night Football. And then they got to overtime, and they got hosed on a call, and and Brady ends up winning that game. I think they want to get all the anger out. I think their defense on really just the difference maker of why they're going to cover a 10.5 point spread. Their defense is very good and takes the ball away, and I don't trust that Carolina de- or Carolina offense to to keep the ball safe enough to not let that defense pound all over them or pounce onto them, pounce onto the Panthers. There you go. That being said, if the Panthers' offense gets any sort of blood in the water, they have been able to put up points. It might be concerning for the Bills, but I feel like this is a this is a water finding its level game for a Buffalo defense. Gotcha. I mean, I, I, I would agree. I and I think Buffalo's been embarrassed enough, like like those losing streaks. So I, I think they just plow the Panthers. Yeah. The only thing it that gives me a little pause, though. Game. Yep. The only thing that gives me a little pause, though, is Josh Allen seen in a walking boot after the game. True. 
Um, not sure of his status. So that will be, you know, something at least to, to monitor and watch um, as you get closer to Sunday. True. true, um, true. But yeah, no. So I have one more or two more? You have two more. Two more. Wow. A lot of good games out here. I'm going to stay. I've, I've liked this four o'clock slate. So I'm going to stay in this four o'clock slate and I'm going to take a look at the green Bay Packers, arguably go. the best team in football going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. They already have a four and a half point line. Ravens as proud as they are, are dealing with injuries on every level of their football team, including Lamar Jackson, who has a bad ankle. This is a great Packers defense. that's only getting better and a Packers offense that is, healthier and more in rhythm than they've ever been so i'm going to take the packers to cover the four and a half points on the road against the ravens to prove that in my mind they are the best team in football i think it's them in the bucks one a one b the chiefs are getting close but best team in football uh with a great win against a very good but very injured ravens team yeah i like that pick a lot the only thing that concerned me is what's the deal with lamar jackson if he plays like he's obviously ready to go and is is probably in good shape but that was a tough injury but the Ravens still played strong without him and I don't know it it, that's the only thing that gave me pause but you're right the Green Bay Packer offense has been humming the last couple weeks putting up 91 points in two weeks against a Bears team that really showed some some good fight against the Packers defense that's been putting up some good numbers and same with the Rams but a Rams team that you would have thought was going to be on a different level in terms of offense throughout this year. And that they've started to figure it out again, going back to my pick, exciting stuff. But I, yeah, I like that pick. It just with the injuries, with everything that's going on. I just, I don't know the Ravens at home. You're not sure what John Harbaugh is going to come out with to try to slow that down. So I, that's one that I got kind of weird about staying away from. It seems like it should be a layup. So I like it for you, Matt. And I hope it's good. Maybe, for me maybe, for maybe, look, maybe the line changes too. So yeah, uh, it seems like a rat line that you like. You want to get, you want to fall right into the trap, but I don't know. This seems like it should be a layup. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it comes to me that I was looking at that as my next game. Um, I'm saving the last one for you. I hope you know that. Uh, I'm gonna go to Thursday night football. Take it. Okay. There well, we go. Because I have some thoughts that have me concerned about the our fr- our good friends that you'll talk about in a minute. But I'm going to go to Thursday Night Football. Chiefs going to Los Angeles with a three-point favorite spread going their fa- going their way to the Chiefs. Now, we've seen the Chiefs do nothing but get better and better as time has gone on. The Chargers over the last couple weeks have looked very good, but at times suspect. That being that they won 37, very good offensively, to 21, not so good against the Giants last week. They pounded the Bengals, but kind of let them back in, but then really pulled away two weeks ago. They lose to Denver at Denver, so I guess you can give them a pass. And then the Pittsburgh team that scored 37 points on them, again, kind of weird defensively, and losing to the Vikings. Those are the last five games. Chiefs defense has been awesome. I'm going to just continue with the hot hand. That is the Chiefs defense. They've really gotten to the quarterback quick and shown pressure. Doesn't really result in a ton of sacks, but they're starting to get more and more interceptions as time has gone on. I think their rushing defense is the perfect stall to Austin Eckler. And I'm not going to say that that they're that the Chiefs offense or passing defense is the perfect stall to a very good Chargers offense. 
But it is Thursday Night Football. Crazy things happen. And I think the fact that it's only at three points bodes well to it. If it was two and a half, I'd feel a lot safer because then you can just have the late field goal. But normally I'd say the opposite. Take the underdog and a, especially a home dog, in a Thursday Night Football in-division game. But the Chiefs have a hot hand going, and I like it a lot. And I might take the over two, but I'm taking the Chiefs right now, minus three. Okay. All right. I mean, I... I didn't even mention Travis Kelsey having a 150-yard game in the last game. That is all signs to strong success for that offense that had at times looked like it was struggling in the middle of the season. Right, of course. And this is something, by the way, like the Chiefs, a lot of this has been masked. Like a lot of the the Chiefs deficiencies that we're seeing this year has been masked by just some crazy explosive plays um, and those kind of things. They're not a perfect team by any means. Patrick Mahomes... I would take him over anybody else in the entire league, right? That's so he would be my number one pick. But he's not a perfect player. He he has weird arm angles and he does some things. He wants the big play a lot. Um, he's learning how to throw the ball away. He's young. I mean, that's okay. So you know, I certainly like the uh, – but, I mean, Andy Reid got it right, and I'm not surprised. That's the best way I can put it. So, yeah. Um, and I love the Chargers. It's a great game. These two teams to me – I wish they weren't in the same division simply because Justin Herbert, if I was not taking, if I was not taking Patrick Mahomes, I would be tough for me not to take Justin Herbert with my second, like with, with the next pick on the board. Sure. I just think he's got every, he can do it all, but I will, I will go tradition. I will, I will go to the, to our game of the week, <laughs> whether we want it to be or not. And that is our Eagles coming off of a bye hosting the Washington football team, the link will be rocking because the Eagles are in this without a doubt. Uh, and for that, really, I think that eight, that seventh wild card spot, I, I really, really think that the Rams, Cardinals, and 49ers in some order will be three, three playoff teams from the AFC West. Like I can't not see that, but we are absolutely in it for that seventh seed. And we've talked about a couple teams, the Saints, the Falcons, who are kind of hanging around a little bit. But really, to me, I, I, you know, both those teams have such glaring issues that I really think it comes down to the two teams playing this Sunday. That's Washington and, and Philly. So he's a four and a half point favorite. That, that's a lot. A couple things about Washington, because I feel like they're getting a lot of good press. and They deserve it. They want a nice little heater. Um, but they offensively, I still think they're like Taylor Heineke can do some things, but there is still a reason he's Taylor Heineke and not, there's a reason they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously he didn't work out with his hip injury, but um, Gibson's, I like Gibson. I I don't think he's a top five back in the league. I like Terry McLaurin. He's had a lot of success against the Eagles, but hopefully even if he plays, because he left injured last Sunday. Like I I think there's a shot there that we can shut him down. Um, And then defensively, they've still got some guys, Jonathan Allen, um, pain on the defensive line, sweat, but no Chase Young, a, a linebacking core that I think is very unsettled, and, and, a, and a secondary, really, other than Landon Collins, you probably haven't heard any of any of them, and I don't think they're particularly great. Uh, I think the Eagles absolutely have a shot in this game, but I'm going to do something I don't do very often. I'm going to pick the Washington football team to cover, not win, but cover a four-and-a-half-point spread divisional game against an Eagles team that has been very hot and cold at times, especially offensively. I think this is a close matchup um, that is decided by a field goal or less. So because of that, I have to, I have to take the, the Washington football team to cover the four and a half point spread. 
I do think the Eagles win. So I don't hate that pick. I uh, That's part of why I paused is that I thought you were going to pick the Eagles and I didn't want to. Maybe I, or I would have given you the opposite pick. But um, a lot of things here, I mentioned it earlier with the Cowboys being up on the football team and then maybe the Cowboys letting off the gas pedal a little bit and the football team taking advantage of that and clawing their way back into that game. Obviously, the Cowboys still cover the spread, but you know the the football team really, it, it seemed like they were completely down and out in that first half. They really couldn't get anything going. Then the second half showed life, and I think that bodes terribly for an Eagles defense that in their last two outings against the New York Giants and Jets, respectively, has not been good. Obviously, they got completely exposed against the Giants and Danny Dimes, and then to start the game out where they let up touchdowns and two straight drives and a lot of big plays especially on the ground and Gibson, if the front seven of the Eagles isn't playing strong enough or, you know, if, if they figure out how to slow down Alex Singleton, it could be a big day for him. And I think that's worth noting. I do think the Eagles probably pull it off, but this feels kind of like that giants game where Jake Elliott made a name for himself with the 62 yard field goal, where I think you're right. I think it becomes who has the ball last almost like that chargers game from you know about a month and a half ago where the Eagles did find their way to keep themselves in the game I'm not saying the football team's gonna go up to a big lead or anything but it seems like it might be back and forth it could also be like a 17-14 final I know like these two teams they I know it's 44 or 44 over but I don't know it just seems like it's something where I want to go also back to or it seems like something where it's just two defenses going after each other a lot of fourth down type of plays but I do want to go back to what you were saying last week about Kenneth Gainwell getting a lot of time and wanting to see Boston Scott come back in. I know he was sick going into the Jets game, and that's why I think he was used limit limitedly, or he had limited usage. Grammar was not my strong suit statistics major. I think Boston Scott getting in there and being a good compliment to Miles Sanders and utilizing the run game well like they have, like they did against the Jets, I think that's a huge key to it, obviously seems like Jalen, not Jalen Smith, Jalen Hurts is going to play and should utilize his guys. Devontae Smith, that's where I got Jalen Smith. We need to see a big game out of him. I'd love to see Dallas Goddard be used just as much from Hurts as he was from Goddard or from Minshew. Jesus, I'm mixing up all the names. But I feel like <laughs> it's it's going to come down to Hurts versus Heineke and who plays better. But I think we need to see the big names of the Eagles offense that we keep talking about. Smith. Goddard, Sanders, stepping up and showing that these are the next guys to take the Eagles, at least not into a complete, like, this was all this was all for not, trading Carson, relying on Jalen Hurts. They need to pick up their guy. Sure. No, I agree. But the football team, too. You're right. Their defense deserves a lot of praise, and I think if those guys don't step up, it's because they played very well. I would love to see how – I'm very excited to see the McLaurin versus uh, Darius Slay matchup. That's going to be really exciting to watch, just in terms of X's nose type of viewing of football. Yeah, no, I yeah, I mean, I always love a good corner, uh, uh, corner uh, wide receiver matchup. We'll see if they need to help at all, but yeah, no, it should be excellent for sure. Yeah, going over the top. I mean, I guess that's what McLaurin does. He's good at spreading that out to see what they do there. So big game out of the safeties. Hopefully, see how they play. Sticking with me, I'm going to stay in the NFC East. I hate that I'm taking another large spread. But the New York football Giants really, I know they played actually kind of well last week offensively. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before where they started to put up some numbers. They 
scored 21 points against the Chargers and, and seemed like they were starting to figure out something. Cowboys defense, I mentioned it, seemed like they took their foot off the pedal a little bit against the football team, end up covering that spread. And I think they're finding a strong stride right now. I know Tony Pollard missed the game last week. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing this week or not, but they seemed like they still had guys to settle in here. They have that offensive or the receiver barn figured out. They obviously have Schultz too coming out of the tight end. Dak is gaining better and better stats every week. I just still don't trust this Giants offense. I think that they, I think the Cowboys want to go on the road and show that they have a solid win. They want to get the, want to get business done and put really put some pressure on the Eagles and have that score score on the board to make the Eagles get a little nervous in a closer game. So I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover the 10.5 point spread. I think Zeke might have an awesome game here. I think if you have Saquon Barkley, stay away from him. I think he's going to get slowed down by that Dallas front seven. That is getting healthier and it's looking better week in, week out. So I'm taking the Cowboys again to cover another spread in the NFC East, which I hate myself for. <laughs> I know it hurts to say it, but I, I, I do think I do think you're right. By the way, I don't think it takes the defense to slow Saquon down. Maybe it's just he needs another year, but he just does not look like the same back no. we saw his first year and a half, which which is sad. As much as I dislike the Giants, you know, I know he's a great talent. He was so exciting to watch. So hopefully they figure something out. Hopefully it's just uh, just still coming back from that ACL tear. But um, but yeah, and honestly, to your point, like I, I do think Dallas let the foot off a little bit. I think they thought, oh, we got this. When it, in, 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 in reality, they definitely did not have it at the time. Yeah. Um, so um yeah we'll uh we'll see yeah and so we now go into our college bull picks and we're recording this on the 14th and we'll probably do the next show matt either on the 21st maybe the 22nd so why don't we limit ourselves here to games through december 22nd which is the armed forces bowl between army and missouri And then when we record next, we can start from the Frisco Football Classic on December 23rd. So for those wondering why we aren't picking that game or the Gasparilla Bowl or something like that, that's we're limiting ourselves to that. So it is your pick first. We only get one ranked or two ranked teams throughout that set. Or no, three. We get San Diego State. Uh, three ranked teams through what seems to be about 12 bowl games kicking off on Friday at noon. The Bahamas Bowl. But, Maddie, before we jump into the pick, anyone that you're looking – or anything from college football news or the transfer portal that you want to point out or talk about? Yeah, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks moving suddenly. Um, yeah. Probably the, the two biggest. Um, one is Spencer Rattler going to South Carolina. He was the a preseason like Heisman favorite, not maybe the favorite in a lot of people's eyes, uh, along with – so and obviously was benched, which is pretty rare, especially from an Oklahoma quarterback. Um, that he goes to, you know, he goes to, um, South Carolina, Carolina. not obviously a a big name, South Carolina, I said North anyway, not a big name program. Understand that. Um, see if he can make something happen there in the sec, which is going to be tough. So, um, the other guy is, is Quinn errors, the number one overall prospect, number one QB prospect went to Ohio state transferred now to Texas, which I think surprised some people maybe, but CJ Stroud, He's going to have at least another two years, I believe. Maybe a, maybe he can come out next year. I forget if he's a redshirt or not, but he he's got more time there. Looks like Quinn just wanted to give an opportunity to potentially start, and he's going to he's going to have that opportunity 
to at least compete against Texas, um, which is really important. So those are the two big ones to me. Um, another guy that entered the portal will be Kendon Slovis, the USC quarterback who had a lot of success uh, last year and this year until he got hurt, looking like maybe he doesn't feel like he's going to fit in um, uh, uh, fit in the offense that Lincoln Riley is bringing. So I think that's a pretty big name as well. Um, so some potential quarterbacks moving around, and this is kind of that free agent mercenary period that we've seen happen. Kind of started way back with Russell Wilson, by the way, for those yep. that don't remember went from NC state to Wisconsin. And we've seen obviously some success that others have had um, with this kind of move. So interested to see how that works out. Um, and those are the big ones in my mind, at least from a transfer portal perspective. It's interesting that you called it free agency because that's the link given quote of saying that we now have free agency in college football. They're going to go to where they can get paid the most and all that sort of stuff, which I thought sure. was really interesting comments from him. Obviously it will miss now. And I don't know, I guess there's something to that, but, I think there's also something where kids want to play. They want to be able to do, have their, you know, their opportunities to get there. Obviously getting paid is something big, but you know, if you're a Spencer Rattler, where an Oklahoma team certainly has a ton of money, not that's not, not anything against an SEC team. You're going to a team where you can start, where you can start, have a fresh reset and go from that way too. So I thought those were interesting comments from him, but without further yeah. ado, let's jump in to our final two picks. We're each going to pick one of the two bowl games going through next Wednesday, the 22nd. So, Maddie, what do you got for me? Well, I want to go to one of my favorite matchups, um, mostly because you get to watch a quarterback that has an opportunity to be drafted in the first round, and that is the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, that features Eastern Michigan up against Liberty. Now, probably maybe have heard of those schools, but the guy to watch is Malik Willis, the quarterback for Liberty, um, is a dual threat through and through, uh, and a guy that a lot of teams had pegged for a while as a very high pick. Wouldn't say he had a great season, but the measurables are there, um, and he definitely has an opportunity to kind of stake a little bit of a claim for himself. Um, so... Uh, that I'm going to take Liberty in this game to come to, to win and cover that spread. I, I think it's a fun game to watch again from a pro prospect standpoint. So, you know, I was going to find one to, to factor in. I love it. But if you're, if you've got a team that's thinking about drafting an NFL quarterback next year, this is a game you might want to tune into to see if Willis is your guy or not. Yeah. Obviously too, this goes against some of the NFL games, which is awesome. The fact that we get on that day, we get games at 11 AM at two fifteen at five forty five, which is this game. And then the New Orleans Bowl at, at 9.15 that night. We got just football nonstop. If you are just trying to watch sports all day, you obviously get a lot of college basketball too. Go find your go find your favorite sports bar. Sit down. I think you're exactly right. I think there's some, a lot of interesting players in this. A high over, which you always like to see in bowl season. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. Score them up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to a game that's speaking of high overs. This one, surprisingly, is not. That's because these two teams surprisingly have some – some good defenses, but two strong offenses, and that is the Frisco Bowl between the UTSA Roadrunners. Finished the season twelve and one. We talked about them in the college football playoff rankings, and now they did not end up ranked. Versus number twenty four San Diego State, the Aztecs. Two teams that have had very good offenses throughout this season. A lot of great rushing. Some great running backs coming out of this game. UTSA also has a pretty strong passing game with their quarterback Frank Harris, who I think is. Exciting. I don't think he's anything serious of a prospect. Correct me if I'm wrong, please, there. These no, defenses, though, can 
they can let up a lot of points, which is why I think the over-under that seems like more like an NFL over at 49.5 seems a little low, but also have had their moments of getting a lot of takeaways and slowing teams down. I do like UTSA here. They are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so I'm going to take them to cover the spread here. I really like that over. I have a feeling that that just seems kind of like a ratty over that people are trying to think, I think I'm falling into the trap of that it should be way higher. But it's a college football bowl game. It's a it's a week from tonight, so it's a Tuesday night game. Almost feels like Maction where there's always a ton of offense, or, or there's always a ton of defense, excuse me. But these two teams seem more offensively stout than they sh- than this over-under total is giving me. So I like that, but I love UTSA minus 2.5 against the San Diego State team. That played really well down the stretch, so that's why they're ranked, and that's why San- uh, UTSA isn't. I'm taking UTSA here. Yeah, I'm bummer for UTSA. They obviously weren't undefeated coming into this game, but I still I still love the pick. I still have the matchup in general. Um, should be a really fun one. Probably, at least in my mind, I know Missouri Army maybe are bigger names, but I yeah. think the best matchup um, we're going to see early on in the bowl series uh, totally through agree. the 22nd. Yeah. yeah, the Louisiana Marshall game is one that also stuck out to me. Obviously, another ranked team. But uh, the Raging Cajuns, Marshall, two more name brand programs. Obviously, we are Marshall being the one that has Marshall really on the map. But the Raging Cajuns always kind of hanging out there from that Sun Belt. Obviously, they went 12-1, and one, doing pretty well for themselves with that season. Um, but I'm excited to see some of these games kick off because there's going to be some really exciting ones. Two of the bigger names in terms of uh, name brands over the last decade of Northern Illinois when they had their Heisman finalist in Coastal Carolina after last year. Playing Friday night, that's going to be a lot of fun. But I think we really get into the meat in a week from now. We'll break that down when we get there. Maddie, any other last points before we wrap this thing up? You know, the first round of bowls, not necessarily, you know, the most exciting. By the way, don't discredit Marshall. Randy Moss, Marshall alum. Um, no, that's true, but, too. Yeah. 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 But a good palate, a good palate taster, if that's a weird way to say that. Whatever. Too late. Um, good palate taster for um, for uh, for you to get excited for bowl season, which I think is great. So, um, and there's always a pro prospect out there, as you know. I'll tell you. Yeah, you know, it's it's always exciting to see and see who uh, pops up. Obviously, you pointed out a few on Liberty, and there, you know, a lot of MAC teams play, and a lot of MAC players end up making impacts, whether they are the traditional Midwestern offensive lineman, defensive lineman, or even sometimes a quarterback turned wide receiver, which I'm not saying there's any Julian Edelman's out there, but Kent state is playing. So that's exciting. <laughs> Another good one. There you go. Yeah. Oh, there like you it. go. See, see, I'm not the, you're yeah. not the only one that always knows the, uh, the hidden gems, but I, I think yeah, that's going to do it, Maddie. Thank you again for everything with the wedding. Of and course. thank you for jumping on to do this. If you like the podcast, by all means, subscribe. If you're not already, leave us a comment. Let us know what picks you disagree with. Let us know how bad my grammar is. All that good stuff. Subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen cart, wherever you get your pods. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And because they're home, fly, Eagles, fly, baby!